Hello and welcome. The name of this podcast series is Taboo Truths and Tales. So why these particular T words are all in the title, you may, may want to know. Fair question. It's because this podcast deals with subject matter considered to be taboo. This podcast deals with a person's perception of truths. And this podcast deals with storytelling tales of fiction told by an individual. You need to choose for yourself what you perceive as truths versus tales, because very often in real life, that distinction is not crystal clear. This podcast is marked explicit. What that means, you should not listen to this podcast if you happen to be under the age of 18, or if someone under age 18 is listening there with you. Explicit means nobody under age 18 should be listening to this podcast series. So here we go. Taboo Truths and Tales is hosted by Madeira D'Souza. That's me. Some of you may know me by my nickname as Woody. Whatever you want to call me, I welcome you here to this podcast, which is definitely intended for people who are 18 or older. Thank you. Now let's get started. I'm happy to spend time with you here on the podcast. This will be episode number one of the second season. Um, and the main reason is to uh, let people who are listening get to know you and to discover, if they haven't already, discover the work that you do. Oh, that sounds great. Why don't you start by telling uh, our listeners something about yourself that you would want to share with them here on our podcast. Okay. Um, my name is Kendall. Not really going to share my last name. Um, t- just turned 27 years old. I am a black gay male living in Alabama, south of the United States. And since around 2018, 2019, I've been making, I guess you could say, kinky, sexy comics involving muscular men with overdeveloped chests. I, I think that's kind of how you could put it. Yeah, that's, that's a fair description. Now, you said to me in, in preparation for us getting together to talk today, you said to me in an interview about how you had uh, formal art training that tended to discourage you from doing art. Can you talk about that? I went to an art university in 2013 and graduated in the first half of 2019, so kind of right before the pandemic hit. And I went in saying, oh, I'm going to be an animator. You know, I watch a lot of cartoons and stuff. I'm like, I want to go in for animation. So I get there and... I'm not sure if people realize this about art universities and such or whatever, but um, unless you go to a university that specifically specializes in animation and getting you into the, you know, the field with all these big studios, they don't really care about stuff like that. 
because this place focused mainly on fine art, you know, gallery work, um, sculpture, um, abstract painting, stuff like that. But they did tell me, hey, you know, we've got this program called New Media. And New Media basically stood for, you know, making artwork with medium that was considered new, you know, not pen and paper, not um, canvas and ink and, you know, paintbrush, but, um, you know, through computers, which, you know, you can do the math. That's basically just animation, modeling, all that stuff. So I get there, and, you know, you got to take some intro classes before you get to, um, you know, the 3D modeling and the um, illustration that you want to do. And those intro classes were fine enough. I would say those had some of the best teachers. But once you, we kind of got to the classes where they were giving you prompts, I did start to notice something. There was a teacher who would say, okay, we're going to do a vinyl drawing or something like this. But they would love to say, oh, but by the way, you can't do Disney. Anime that you guys are watching, this and the other. So that was, you know, a big red flag for a lot of us. Um, so, you know, we kind of went about it and, you know, we kind of stepped around that a little bit. So, you know, you get deeper and deeper into the classes and I get more and more comfortable with my sexuality and, you know, the type of men I like to draw. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm not going to go for this like Disney illustrative art style, but I am going to go for a fantasy art style, you know, like Frank Frazetta and Boris Vallejo. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, was that much worse of a, that was so much worse than me just trying to do Disney stuff. Well, what, um, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, Boris Vallejo is uh, from a very long time ago, and I'm not sure um, exactly, but it, I believe it was, the 1950s or 1960s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but his work is very well known, especially in, or should be very well known, especially in terms of people that follow science fiction and fantasy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think any art teacher who was worth anything, this is just my opinion, but... I imagine there'd be many who agree with me. Any art teacher who doesn't respect the works of Boris Vallejo, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be teaching art, I think, in my opinion. But also, it sounded like you were being discouraged from doing, uh, you know, what a gay man would want to do in terms of his art is that is that what you are saying happened yes um um for disclosure for deeper in the conversation it's like it's not going to get political but i could imagine someone you know kind of twisting what i'm trying to say into something political um with it being a liberal arts college it was very you know heavily left-leaning and i would consider myself you know a left-leaning person but for some reason, if you liked, and this is kind of a common theme among a lot of liberal arts colleges, if you like attractive 
people. <laughs> if you like to draw attractive people, you know, let's say you want to draw a woman with, you know, a full chest and, you know, big thighs and a round bottom and a thin waist or a man that's muscular but not, like, athletic, like, you know, kind of a fitness model or a bodybuilder, they would always find something wrong with your work, you know? Someone else could have a much less skillfully rendered image, but they wouldn't get nearly as much crap as you would because you're drawing someone who is attractive. But I did kind of catch on to the fact that um, my fellow black students, if they were to do something that was kind of seemingly cultural, the teachers would back all the way off. Like, they would say, oh, yeah, that's great, that's amazing. You know, I'm just sitting there like, this is not well-rendered at all. And, you know, the other classmates are like, no, this is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I was going to, first of all, let me say, I am a white guy. I have been in a relationship with a black guy um, for many years. Um, We met... In Washington, D.C. Actually, he is a native. He was born in Washington, D.C. So he is a black man. I am a white man. And we have been in a relationship uh, for many, many years. We did live in the Washington, D.C. area, um, not within the city of Washington itself, but in northern Virginia, which is... um, um, Fairfax, Arlington, Alexandria area. Very, very liberal part. I mean, Virginia is in the South, so to speak, um, but Northern Virginia is very left-leaning, and I don't know exactly why. But So my background, white guy with a black guy, Washington, D.C., and then we lived in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So we experienced... Prejudice from from straight people first. I mean, not in order of how it happened, but I would say if you put them on a, on a list, number one would be straight people, and then number two would be people who didn't appreciate seeing a white guy with a black guy who they were obviously in love or obviously, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, in that context. I would ask you what how's <laughs> what is it like I can only imagine living black gay man in the south I mean Alabama is the deep south quote unquote oh, yes. how is how does that were you born there and how does that work for you now Um yes I was born here um my coming out was a bit bizarre because you know growing up it's it's weird here um stuff that Maybe if you did it up north, would kind of be a red flag as for you being gay. Down here wouldn't apply as long as it, you know, was masculine. Because you know, I watch you know cartoons, you know, stuff like that. Um, if you pay attention, not pay attention, but if you see my work, you might see inspiration from, you know, female-led '80s cartoons or just female-led cartoons in general with the color palettes and, like, the kind of bright outfits. And that's the kind of stuff that, when I was growing up, would get you looked at funny. 
Um, but if I'm in the grocery store at like eight or nine years old, I'm just kind of like, oh, mom, I kind of, I kind of really want to get that bodybuilder magazine. She's like, only when your grades improve. You know, she kind of <laughs> would. You know, they would kind of hold that over my head. I remember one day my mom was like. Kendall, if you make a good grade on that test, I'll get you that bodybuilding magazine. <laughs> um, That's great. Then, I, I think when I was 12 or 13, I went on um, one of those websites like Muscle Hunks or um, Muscle Gallery or something. You know, I would, I would like print out the pictures. And <laughs> I messed up and printed out a picture. I forgot to take it out of the printer. And my parents found it. And, you know, the image, he, he had clothes on, but, you know, the image was very clearly meant to titillate. You know, yeah. he was a, a very good-looking guy. You know, he's smiling. You know, he's got a little oil. You know, he's wet or whatever. So my parents, they come to me one day. They're like, oh, we found this printout of this bodybuilder no, they said we found this printout of this muscle man in your in your printer. Are you trying to get muscles? You want to be a bodybuilder? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, I mean, that would be cool, but that's not the reason I printed that. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that that just flew way over their head that you know I was probably printing this out for like some other reason is just hilarious. But yeah. if you know your sob spoken. You're not aggressive. You know, you like things considered feminine or girly. That's what kind of got you targeted for some either homophobic stuff or if you weren't gay, being teased just in general. Yeah. Now, did you experience um, when you were like in, um, before you reached uh, adulthood, before you were 18, when you were in school, did you get picked on uh i didn't i didn't catch did if if you came out before you were 18 or um but what was your life like in alabama and trying to grow up and trying to be who you are well see because i'm 27 that puts me in this very weird space between millennial and zennial and i feel like if you are in between that weird space you know being born from like 95 to 2000 that it, it it's not what you see on tv so i was teased but i was also a big black guy so there was teasing but then there was also this weird kind of respect you know no one ever threatened to fight me or anything yeah and at the end of the day, we were all still, you know, cool with each other. You know, by high school, this, you know, was just, it was gone. It didn't happen anymore because I don't know what it was about high school. But it was kind of like everybody just grew up and didn't care anymore. And there were, you know, a bunch of openly gay dudes at the school. But I wasn't openly gay. I'm just like, oh, no, I'm just asexual. I'm an asexual guy. I don't really, you know, want to do anything. So it wasn't awful. It wasn't like a horror story. But it did stop me from coming out, you know, earlier. I actually came out in college to my friend. And the only difference was, you know, people 
a, a year or two after that would ask me, oh, are you gay? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, not the, oh, I'm asexual. It's just like, are you gay? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gay. That was like the only difference. My my family, my, I feel like my family knows, but one of my family members, I think, is just in complete denial of it. I think the rest of my family kind of knows. Yeah. But we, we don't talk about it. I've never brought it up to them. And then my aunt, who recently died, she came to me and she told me that one of my cousins is openly gay. And she just, her response was, she was like, we all knew. I don't know why he didn't just say anything. I mean, we all did. Yeah. You know, implying that, you know, we loved him no matter what. It, no one cares. I'm just like, y'all say that, but that's not how y'all make people feel. You know? Right, right. Well, I know exactly. I have um, high school era classmates, women, females, who have said to me, well, we knew you were gay back when we were in high school. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, and... and uh, so it's it's a funny thing, you know. It's and usually it's a female who says to a male, "Oh yeah, I I knew you were gay," and it doesn't matter; they still love you and all, blah blah blah. But it's kind of a strange thing to be told. Oh yeah, we knew you were gay all along. Um, you know, could have said something, is what I said. You know, why didn't you say something? And they didn't. But anyway, now the work that you do is. Does, uh, is that something, is Chesty Comics something that you are able to, or do you share with family members, people that knew you from before you were a digital artist? Um, I do not. I think I keep my online art separate from my real life. My roommate has only seen like a glance of it. She's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, stop looking at it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, nah, it's not something I share with people. I tell people about it. I, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I make nasty art. Well, not nasty art, but, you know, I make kinky art online, but I don't show it to people. Well, but you do. Um, Chesty Comics is available. I never met you. We never spoke before today, and yet I had seen your work online uh you mean sharing it locally with people that yeah because they don't they don't go on the on these different places online okay yeah they're very they're weird like that yeah <laughs> no that makes sense that makes sense what um do you have a uh now i would say let me i'll just sort of explain myself first i do digital art for um, straight females and for gay men, right? And mm -hmm. I have, in my mind, I know that it's very unlikely that a, a straight man would look at my stuff and say, oh, yeah, I like that. Where, on the other hand, gay men, yes, they say they like it, and straight females say they like it. So I have in in my mind... Who is it that I am uh, appealing to, or, or even just in a more neutral way? What, how would I describe my audience? So, straight women, gay men. How would you describe your audience? My audience, very surprisingly, um, I can't confirm this, but a lot of bisexual men. <laughs> 
You mean men who are into sexual relationships with females, and yet they are also attracted to men? Yes, exactly. Now, obviously, um, gay men, obviously. But there are a lot of bisexual men or maybe men who might even consider themselves straight, you know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I'm straight, I just like, you know, at, the, at that point, I'm just like, you know what, if that's what, if that's what you're calling it, I'm not going to debate you on that. But, um, yeah, not a whole lot of just straight-up gay dudes. I think because of the themes I go with, I don't know. Um, never talked to anyone who at least admitted that they were a woman into my work. But a lot of bisexual dudes, and that was kind of shocking when they started, you know, sending me messages and stuff saying, you know, could you, could you add just a few, like a few girls in there, you know, just to make it really hot? I'm like, I mean, sure, <laughs> I'm not opposed to that. And you said yes, you said yes to that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Wow. Now, see, I do not, I don't like depicting females. Um mm. And, you know, the truth is, when you look at if I mean, most your average person on the street wouldn't know this. But in the digital art uh, realm, if you will, people that use, like we do, um, Daz 3D uh, Studio, and also there's another uh, application, Poser. But the people that use Daz and Poser, more people do women in their art mm -hmm. Than men, and so when someone yeah. says to me, "Well, why can't you do women?" It's not that I can't; I just won't. I don't want to. There's, you know, I I want to stay doing the the area, the tiny slice of the market. I guess. I mean, it's smaller. Mm -hmm. My slice of the market is much smaller than the. It's a it's a majority that does female uh, characters. Yeah. So I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. So I have to applaud you for saying, "Yeah, you would do, <laughs> you would do females." That's that's very. Oh, yeah. You're very receptive to pleasing the uh, your your audience. I'd say. Yeah, um, I like to include the females as kind of like I don't know if everyone would agree with this, but kind of like a insert character. You know, it's not really focused on them. But, you know, they're like kind of a gateway for you to like, you know, glance and awe at all the men around and all the men doing the kind of stuff they're doing. It, I usually kind of write the females as like maybe like non-sexy, like you're not gazing at them. Right. They're there. They got nice bodies. But there's like in my um, as of right now, one shot comic Macy's graphics, if you were to read it, this chick is just. Um, just drooling all over all the characters to a point where I kind of added in a bit of backstory where another female character comes in and basically says, "Oh my God, who are you going to molest this time? You're the cop. You're the campus fucking perp." You know. So you know we're not fantasizing or gazing at the women like we are the men. The women are kind of like these objects for you to kind of step into to play this role as your looking at all these different dudes running around the screen. Yeah, no, I understand exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, you had said to me as we prepared, uh, before we ever spoke, you had emailed me 
about various things, but one of the things was the emphasis that you place as an artist on uh, men's chests and the pectoral muscles or just the upper body, you know, the chest. And you said in an email that some have said to you, some viewers have said to you, why do the men look like women with big breasts? Can you talk about that for a little bit? Yes. um, That is always a very... There was a point in time where I was starting to get like a influx, even from other dad artists that I respect, (laughs) to where... I think the one that really, I don't want to say hurt me, but made me go, oh, well, there, I'm not going to say his name, but there's an artist on DeviantArt that does a lot of um, muscle man fantasy guys art, putting them in like perilous situations and stuff like that. So, you know, he's worked with all of the figures. He's worked with, you know... Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Adam, you know, all those different types of figures. So I I think before I had finally gotten my figures the way I wanted, I came to ask him um, if I could get any advice from him on... Sorry, that dog's distracting. I came to ask him if I could get any advice on maybe making the chest more, I don't know, authentic. So what he tells me to do is, um, he's like, oh, well, you could take a female breast morph and transfer it to the men. And I'm just like, I don't think that would have the desired effect in one of my... One of my subscribers even um, agreed with me. He was like, "That would not at all have the side effect." No, no. You're saying this is this is a guy that does. Uh, he's on DeviantArt and he does uh, 3D uh, work using Daz, and he suggested mm-hmm. taking female anatomy and putting mm-hmm. and morphing it into a male character. Yes, that's well, what he said. That's complete. That's I must say that's just complete bullshit. That's not how things are done. I mean, it's uh, for an artist who's familiar with the tools, with the Daz 3D tools, to suggest that indicates very low sensitivity to what you are trying as an artist to do. Uh, and I think you should have, you rightfully, as you say, were taken aback by that. That's the wrong thing to say totally inappropriate not right or wrong in that sense but in the sense of actually giving you something that you can work with um that's just bullshit again i'll repeat it and if i remember correctly i'm not going to look it up right now but if i remember correctly i think i was saying something along the lines of no that's not what i want to do or something and he replied and said oh, well, I can't really say that I, I'm the best person for this advice because I would never do this. This is too gross to me. <laughs> too gross meaning too gross that the men, the male characters have uh, well-developed or emphasized chests. That's gross to him? Yeah, that's, that's oh, okay. what I took from it. Now, do take note that I don't think he is... Um, 
I don't think English is his first language. I, I don't know where he's from, but I think he's German or something. So, I, you know, when you're talking to someone, they're, like, kind of trying to translate what they're saying. It might come off a lot more blunt than they mean it to. Yeah. But, you know, the gist was, oh, well, maybe you should just um, more female breasts on the men, which there are more for that. Um, you can go to Render Rodica and well, yes, you know, yes, of yeah, course. Yeah. All that stuff. But, um, but the, just, like, wow. just for the sake of our listeners who don't know, what this DAZ business is, D-A-Z, Digital Arts Zone, is what it stands for. Um, it is available, you can, as an artist, you can morph the male figures in just about every which way. You can give them bigger noses, you can give them bigger ears, and, you know, bigger sexual equipment. And so doing large chests, well-developed chests, does not not require using female um, mm-hmm. artistic uh, elements. You can use only the male. And I use, I've, I started with Daz, um, I don't know, 2011 maybe. Um, so I've used yeah. Genesis, Genesis 3, and uh, now it's Genesis 8, 8.1. So I've used every, every one of the, of the models that, or the assets that have come along. And uh, it gets better each time. Like 8.1, you have slightly more capability than you did with 8, and certainly more than 3. But I'm just blown away that somebody would tell you, yeah, put female breasts on the guy. Um, That just, that's just, that knocks me over. Um, I I have a similar, although not exactly the same, um, experience. I encountered um, one of my websites I run stories, text stories that men write, and and I publish those on my website. Uh, the website is uh, uh, meninperilnow.com. And this one guy, an, art, an author rather, he's not an artist, he is a native of, of Johannesburg, South Africa, and he is uh, a medical do- actually he's a brain surgeon he was oh. started as in medical school in the United States and became a brain surgeon but uh and I have had experience previously with people from South Africa and for the most part they're very decent people very um you know, they're just very decent people, I would say. I wish I had a better word than decent. So this <laughs> this brain surgeon from Johannesburg said to me um, he didn't like my digital art because I made the male characters. I don't do female characters. So the male characters, he said, I made them look like they were cartoons, like they had... Their chests were too big. Here you go. Chests were too big. Their arms were too big. Their shoulders were too big. Their genitals were too big. So I'm like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. You're a gay man, yes. Well, why are you telling me these things? Because he said he believes in realism. And I said, no, 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 no. Digital art isn't realism. And storytelling, unless you're writing nonfiction doesn't have to be real. You know, werewolves aren't real, and yet a lot of people write stories 
about werewolves. So this guy, I told him to fuck off because I was offended. What really got me, though, was he was incredibly racist. What a surprise, huh? (laughs) The home of apartheid. He was, you know, if I dared show a black character with a white character in the same frame, he said, no, 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 you can't do that. And I said, why? He said, because one of them is is not white. So he was a he was a white supremacist brain surgeon from Johannesburg. Uh, but and that just obviously, as you can tell by the tone of my voice, offended me greatly. Um, so I had mo- I moved on from that. I never published any of his stories because I don't need white supremacists writing stories. They can go watch Fox News all day, all night. You know, let them do their own thing. Yeah. Didn't mean to get off on a tangent, but it sort of keyed off of what you were saying about someone suggesting female anatomy. Now, I did find female anatomy for your art. I did find in one of your online, the places you're online, it's a Japanese... Uh, it's from Japan. Uh, uh, Pixiv. Yes, Pixiv. Okay. And they have, as every website does, social media websites, have mm-hmm. keywords, and one of the keywords is bara, B-A-R-A, which is mm-hmm. the Japanese word from for rose, as in the flower, R-O-S-E. But bara came from Japan in the 1950s, so it would be, it's an underground art genre. You know this, but the people that are listening may not know. Uh, but that word shows up on your, one of the pages of your work on Pixiv as a keyword, bara and muscle. So those two words together. Um, so this fits into the work that I do as well. People say, well, you're obviously an artist who is in the bara genre and I say yes I am even though I hadn't heard of the word bara uh, until very recently but hey you know mm-hmm. it does fit and muscle yes so muscle and bara and you are doing the same so I have to say that is what got me going that I should talk to you for a podcast because some consider it taboo like the one who said oh no you can't show uh, sexually appealing men in your art that's obviously a problem on their part not on yours yeah yeah so but i have to congratulate you if that's the word for doing bara underground art and muscle as you will and i encourage you to just keep keep on doing what you're doing because somebody obviously you're also on patreon yeah uh, so and i will put links on the uh website the podcast website. I'll put links to these things so that the listeners can find your stuff online. It's kind of hard. Pixiv is a hard one to say. I mean, it's spelled in an odd way. Uh, Also, Chesty Comics. Comics is Um, Mm C-O-M-I-X. Otherwise, they won't find you. So I'll put these links on, on the page. But I would say people that are interested in bara the underground art genre and muscle and you know men male characters would very much like the work that you do i like the work that you do um thank you i have to say and you know that's why we're talking here today um now when you i 
I will admit that when I see people out in the world, I am in Las Vegas, Nevada, so we here get a lot of people who are visitors from all around the world, but I am I am given ideas for characters by people that I see out in the real world here in Las Vegas. And I already said I don't do female characters, so I see men here in Las yeah. Vegas, and they inspire me to create characters that I feel should be created, and I should tell a story about them. How do you work in terms of what motivates or inspires you for the characters and the situations and the work that you do? Well, for my characters, one thing that I've always kind of told people is that I personally don't understand, like this is one example, I don't understand racial preferences. So you'll notice I try my best to have men all over, you know, the spectrum. You know, you know, white, black, Asian, Middle Eastern, um, um, Hispanic or Latinx. But one thing that I have kind of noticed that I, I'm like, oh, I do really try to <laughs> include these people too, is um, Southeast Asian people, I, you know, I see a huge lack of representation for Southeast Asian people. So I notice that a lot of times I do try to mold some Southeast Asian men as well. As far as, like, who inspires me, um, when I, when I would draw by hand, and when I still do draw by hand, I, I kind of look at fitness models that I just find incredibly attractive. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, that face, that's what I need to draw. But mainly fitness models. I don't think I've ever drawn someone I've seen in real life. For some reason, that's weird to me. <laughs> like, even like even these fitness models, if I kind of meet them or if they have, like, a Twitch or something, I'm, and we're, like, having, like, actual conversations we're talking about just life, I get to a point where I'm like, oh, I can't draw you anymore. That That's going to be weird. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, yes, I and- guess cartoons mainly. Cartoons and anime kind of influence, and comics and manga kind of influence the proportions, yeah. if that makes any sense. Now, one of, the, um, one of my favorite of all time is RuPaul. Um, and the uh, television show, I believe they're in, I don't know, the 15th season. You know, it's more than five, it's more than ten. But RuPaul's Drag Race on TV is something that I very much enjoy because I find that kind of um, exaggerated portrayals to be entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. And I was wondering, in the in you were talking about, and I'll get into this next, but you were talking about not understanding people, gay people who are uh, focus on the race of the of the person that they, you know. I know I've had white friends, gay men, say to me, "Oh, I could never be attracted to a black man." And I, when I hear that, it's like, "What are you saying?" You know, it's such racism. It's just screaming racism. Um, mm, it 
sure is. Yeah. So so I go I overcompensate. I put black and white characters together in stories. I put Asian characters. Uh, mm-hmm. You were you were talking about Southeast Asian men. I put um, Pacific Islander as another uh, category. Yeah. yeah, which includes um, men from uh, the state of Hawaii, but also. Um, Samoa and all of those other island yeah. uh, nations, and some aren't nations, but you know what I'm saying, Pacific Island. Mm-hmm. But that that rubs some white guys the wrong way as well. You know, they they only want, and there is a prejudice. Um, I guess yeah. it depends on where you are. I noticed it less in Washington D.C. Um, Compared to Las Vegas, there was more acceptance in Washington, D.C. of a multiracial gay male community, less so here in Las Vegas, and I'm not sure, not sure why. But uh, one thing that evens it all out is the interest in drag. Um, RuPaul, I think, is a phenomenal uh, inspiration, and I don't do drag characters in my art at all, because I just don't... It's like, what would I have to add to, mm-hmm. you know, because you got the television show. And and in Las Vegas, there are many, many, or before COVID, there were many places where you could go and see drag shows, uh, men in drag as women. Very entertaining. Um, and not as good, I have to say, not as good as RuPaul's Drag Race, because they are top of the line there. Um Las Vegas, not so much, but um, but I did find, and I still today, Las Vegas is a lot less accepting of multiracial gay men. Um, so, um, you know, maybe it's good that you are where you are. That uh, yeah, uh, from from that vantage point, you know, you were born there, but also from that vantage point, you know your territory and you know your audience. So I think that's a very fortunate, I would say, that's a very fortunate thing. Yeah, with um, the only type of racism, and no one's ever come to me and said, get that get that Asia man, get that black man. You know, no one's ever come to me and said that. Um, but I think there is one follower who has straight up told me in private that, he does not like Asian. <laughs> um, he was born and raised in California. He's not in California anymore. But he, you know, explained his reasons for not liking Asian men. But that also didn't carry over into him saying, oh, why did you put that Asian man in the art? You know, he was just, at worst, he probably just wouldn't say anything about the Asian character. Not saying that I agree with him not liking Asian men. But I do appreciate that he doesn't bleed that over into my content. Yeah. Another thing I've noticed is the erasure of um, biracial people, because one of my one of my flagship characters, people keep sending me pictures of these white dudes and saying he looks just like Simeon. He looks just like your character, and I'm like. Simeon is biracial. You know this, right? You just sent me a white man. <laughs> They're like, oh, I had no idea. I'm like, yeah. I mean, biracial people look all different types of ways. There's no one way a biracial person looks. That's, that's so absolutely that was some, right. Yeah, that, that was just something else I kind of noticed. I was like, wow, these people 
just see a light-skinned dude with bright eyes, and they're just like, oh, he's white. I'm like, he's biracial. You notice I kind of gave him, purposely gave him, you know, maybe thicker lips. His skin tone was a bit more, um, not orange, but not autumn. What is that word? I can't remember the word. Um, but like a cream, yeah. like a creamier skin tone. His hair was a bit, you know, coarser, you know, a little curly or a little more curly about that. But it, I was just shocked to have everybody was like, oh, I thought he was just white. Was yeah. Like, wow. Well, and, and that to me, using Daz, the digital, um, application and all the available stuff that comes with it that is one of the most fun things in that as you were saying you could give someone thicker lips you can make their nose wider you can you know the eye colors there's tons of options uh high cheekbones you can also do very easily and i find that so much fun to mess with to fiddle with or whatever you would say to be able to uh, i think keep the viewer slightly off guard so they won't know, like, well, what are you meaning? What is your intention? Is this supposed to be a white guy? Is he supposed to be, you know, Hawaiian or whatever? You know, I think yeah. that's that's fun. And I do that a lot because I like to mess with people <laughs> in the work yeah. in the work that I do. Yeah, that's that is a really fun part of it. And a big thing to me you know, just character customization. I know some Sparky Shock on his um, video talked about, you know, Second Life. And I have, like, all different races of characters that I've created on Second Life. And, you know, people always ask me sometimes, like, why do you just have all these races of characters? I'm like, I just think, I just think men <laughs> are beautiful. And just being able to mix and match and with skin tones and hair texture, eye color. I just, I've just always really appreciated that. Yeah. Well, and I, I would encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Cause you know, the more that people as viewers see multi, um, racial, you know, stories with men of different races, the more they will become aware that that is what is out there in the world. You know, it's, you you are ma- mirroring what is out there in the world, um, yeah. And and I I applaud you for that. That's a a very I think a very useful thing for our society, um, and it's a very important thing for you as an artist I think to be doing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I congratulate you for that. What uh, one last question? I, what is it if you had to pick? What do you like the most about? the work that you do, not the work itself, but the working, you know, the creating of art, what do you like the most and what do you dislike the most? Well, um, when me and my best friend and roommate, we would talk about um, fetishes and stuff, right? You know, kinks and stuff and where they come from and why they're there, you know, this and the other. Same as the question of, you know, sexuality. We would just discuss this kind of, I don't know how to explain it. When you're young and you're a little kid and you're just kind of, you see something and you can't forget it and forever that is ingrained to your mind and ends up being what you are attracted to. Like one of my friends, I was watching, um, I'm sure you've heard of this show. So I was watching the show Super Friends. 
talking to, this isn't the first time I've seen the show, it's just, you know. I was talking to one of my older friends, and he was, he's like in his 50s. And I, I, I told him that this show, as well as stuff like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, some of these frames are kind of kinky. And he told me, he's like, and you people wonder why I grew up to be the freak. I, he's also a dad artist. He's like, you people wonder why I grew up to be the freak I am. <laughs> so I feel like we all have something like that in us. And for me, I would watch, um, it was Dragon Ball Z. And there were just some frames when, you know, our lead character Goku's shirt would get ripped off or he would get you know put in some type of submission hold or something and I remember my little child brain just rewinding and rewinding and rewinding and I know my mom was like you were gonna mess up the tape because <laughs> it's cassette tape she was like you're gonna mess up that tape what are you doing what is so special about that thing so what I like to do in my work is kind of replicate that for people I think the best feeling I get is when I make an image that, you know, might be kind of kinky with, you know, angles, how I position the body, you know, putting on a little bit of oil and people just go, fall. I think that is what I want the most. Even with my female art, I'll do an image and people will say, oh, I just love the way you had her ass placed. I was like, well, great, man. <laughs> um... As far as, I think Dragon Ball Z kind of set the, and cartoons kind of set the standard for, um, you know, the situations, but the way men look, I think that started when I remember I walked downstairs, because at this point, you know, animated muscle men were, like, getting me all excited, because I was, like, a really, I was, like, preteen. But, like, real-life men, I think I had not seen a real-life man look like that until I went downstairs, and for whatever reason, my father was watching Pumping Iron. And it was the scene where they were talking about the movie um, Hercules in New York with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he was looking at, you know, one of those sword and sandal movie posters about Hercules. And, you know, he's telling the girl, that's not me. That looks nothing like me. She's like, what are you talking about? And then he takes his shirt off and starts flexing, and she's like, Wow, and I remember I was looking at the screen. I literally said, "Say," I was like, "Wow!" And my dad, I asked my dad, I was like, "Who is that?" He's like, "Oh, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, you know, he's a bodybuilder." I was like, "Oh my god!" So for the longest time, I think because I didn't want it to get closer to real life, I was only attracted to like white muscle men. And then I was watching, like, some weird episode of Sister, Sister, and there was, like, a black muscle bodybuilder on there, and I was like, you know what? I was like, okay, yeah, it's just over. I, I just like men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just like replicating that kind of, I don't want to say warm, fuzzy feeling, but you know that just kind of weird feeling you get when you see something that maybe you didn't know you wanted it, but you want it. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, stop it. Oh. I, I just, I, I can't handle all that. And I get a lot of reactions like those with, um, surprisingly not even a lot of the bondage images, just a lot of times just the way I'll have a character standing and or just walking or maybe two characters interacting, I get a lot of those images. I think it's just a figure themselves. Yeah. So that's what I like most about um, 
doing just artwork in general. Two of my favorite artists are Patrick Fillion and Iceman Blue, and they just, I think they're kind of my inspirations because they constantly push the envelope. Every comic they release, it's something new, something weird. You know, they change it up a little bit. And I would say as to what I dislike the most, um, I had a... (laughs) you're saying Um, one little trick that I use I don't know if you would want to or if you um, I I use Photoshop to post produce and it's easy with Photoshop to uh, blur I know exactly what you're saying there's a wrinkle under the pectoral muscles Um, not always but um, it does show up and I will blur that out you just use Photoshop and you blur it out. And if you pick a small enough, meaning small number of pixels, you no one will ever, ever, ever notice it. They didn't notice it to begin with, and they won't notice the blurring that I put in it. Um, so that's something, I, you know, it's kind of expensive Photoshop. But it, I use it all the time. I um, only rarely will have an image that I produce that's ready to go. There's usually one or two things that I need to fix, like blur something out, or uh, another part of Photoshop is um, you can uh, liquefy. I'm not sure why they call it that, but you can squeeze something, pinch something, so that a line disappears. Yeah. Uh, and I find that very useful. 
Um, so that's something yeah, I, that... I'm a, I'm a photographer in, in my real life. So yeah, I use Photoshop a lot. And I, I kind of have played around with that. It just that weird part of my brain is kind of like, no, it should be... That should be gotten rid of before it gets to Photoshop. Oh, yeah. Now, see, I, well, that's, that's, that's called high, um, well, it's high control needs is how I describe it in myself. It's also high perfection needs. You want, as I do, apparently, things to be as good as they can be for the viewer. And that's, that's a very good thing. Um, so I see what you're saying. I started out in photography. I photojournalism. I studied formally. I never had art uh, classes. I mean, I would be able to recognize Rembrandt versus, uh, you know, Da Vinci or Salvador Dali. And I think many people can do that anyway. But I never had training in the sense of, I couldn't tell you what cubism is. Um, isn't that an island off of Florida? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure... I had to learn about it, but I, at this moment, I couldn't tell you what it was. <laughs> well, obviously, it's crucial to the work that we do, not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this has been a very, for me, very delightful conversation, and I am so happy. You contacted me. I didn't contact you, and so I thank yeah. you for reaching out to me. I am so grateful that I got to meet you here and talk to you today. And I, I want to wish you a very long career so that you um, can help inspire other artists and also entertain people who like to look at uh, images of men, digital images of men. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, same to you. You know, if you ever want me back on and you just want to call to talk about something, I'm always free. Okay, always free. <laughs> find out more about this topic, go online to the website, tabootruthsandtales.com. That's tabootruthsandtales.com. Taboo Truths and Tales is hosted by Madeira D'Souza. That's me. Thank you. <laughs>